Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Talks with Cheese. I'm your host, Cheese, a.k.a. Adrian. And my guest here with me is Brandon Webster, a.k.a. Webby. Webby, how are you doing, man? Hey, any better? I'd feel guilty, as my dad would say. So I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Thanks for having me. Heck yeah, man. No problem. So Webby here is a teacher at TVHS, and he's also a special teams coordinator for the varsity football team. And also, he's about to get married this year. Let's go, Webby. Congrats. Thank you, Cheese. I mean, that that's obviously, I've had some accomplishments in my life, but that is by far and will always be by far the biggest accomplishment. So thank you. Really? Yeah. No, it's Ashley, her family, everybody. It's a blessing. It's been a heck of a time. If you would have told me three years ago if I was getting married, I probably would have slapped you in the face and laughed at you. But hey, when you find the one, you find the one. And I've definitely found the one. Exactly. And I can't wait to talk about that later. Yeah. So uh, I want to also give context more about Brandon or Webby or whatever you want to call him throughout this episode. I've known Webby since I was in middle school, since he was like literally a great older than me. We're literally in the same group of friends. Like of this recording, like we were just hanging out at outlaw hq back on saturday when sadly purdue lost to iu it's a sad day very sad day but it's okay there's light at the end of the tunnel for the good guys i believe not the bad guys yeah we got them in Mackie. i really believe that yeah Mackie is obviously I'll, I'll give iu credit they got the historical place they got their banners that's fine but Mackie arena is probably the most electric place in the probably i'd say in the whole college um basketball yeah whole college basketball um atmosphere i mean it's loud there it's awesome not a bad season it's really hard to win yeah i mean they they i mean their record is it's crazy what their record is at home yeah it's it's a cool place yeah and then their losses uh have been against Rutgers, which they're one of the best defensive teams (laughs) in the country and like you said iu which uh uh, I don't do that. We got to admit, Assembly Hall is hard to play in. Well, any Big Ten away game, but Assembly Hall especially. I mean, like I said, they're historically good. They're loud. It's 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 probably a top 20 atmosphere in college basketball. So you, you got to tip their hats. I mean, exactly. it's, it's a rivalry for and a then reason. It's you, and then uh, we have to admit, you know, turn, Purdue turned over the ball way too many times. Like, how can you deserve to win after that many turnovers, right? Yeah, and... I mean, I'm not one of those coaches, but they're kind of due for a sloppy game. And like I said, a away game in, in Assembly Hall, it's, it's going to be tough. And our outside shooters didn't really shoot the greatest. But, hey, Zach Eady put the team on his back, and we, we got close, so it's okay. All we can do is move on and learn from it, huh? Yep, move on. So, um, like I said, uh, I want to say, once again, Webby, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking in time out of your busy schedule for doing this. Well, you know, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I think it's more of an honor just to be here and to be able to hopefully maybe educate someone. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not uh, probably a professional by any means in my field, but it, it, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much once again. And uh, yeah, um, Webby, speaking of being an educator, what do you teach exactly at the high school at Tippecanoe Valley High School? So I'm I'm honestly probably a glorified PE, PE teacher, which I I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm a strength and conditioning coach for Tippecanoe Valley High School. And then um, the cool thing during the summer is I'll be eventually um, a really cool thing about that is um, during the summer, it just won't be for high schoolers. We got a, we got a um, program for the middle schoolers coming up. So it, it should be strength and conditioning coach for all, all athletes at the corporation. So I'm, I'm super excited for that. So that's pretty cool. So now you think you get the summer vacation, but really you're not. No, no. And a part of this, part of this job is um, I have obligations in the summer, but again, it's, I'm working with athletes. I'm training them for their respected sports, and it's a blessing to be with the kids all the time. So I, I love doing it. The only bad thing probably is just spending time away from family, but exactly. that's what I'm getting paid to do, so I'm going to do it uh-huh. to the best of my abilities. And 
to that, to add on to that, you coach the team as well. So that uh, means more time away from your family, which we can talk about more. Yeah, on. we can talk this. Yeah. Week too, this so later. I want to go back to the high school days. So to your high school days. So Webby, dude, how was Valley personally for you? I've always wanted to hear how, from a peer's perspective of how Valley was. Um, um, I guess now being an educator, my perspective as a, like a kid going through high school is going to be a little flawed. But when, when I was going through Valley, I think it's probably one of the greatest corporations you can go through. Yeah, I'm biased because it's the only corporation that I've been through. But I know numerous people that's been to other corporations. And that's the way they talk about it. They don't have that family atmosphere, that strong community that, that we have. And it's a very strong community. And I'm very appreciative of that. But as going up, I'm sure I've had my gripes about certain teachers or doing this, doing that in school. But like, what did I know? I was a high school student. I thought I thought Valley is probably I loved it a lot. I mean, that's all I can say about it. As just looking back now, I miss it because that's like the one time or the the short four years that you're going to be with all your classmates, and then as soon as you walk through that stage or walk out the doors, you're never gonna you're never gonna see all those faces again. So I loved it. It was good to me. And now I'm fortunate enough to be to be educating them or educating there, mm-hmm. so I'm a teacher there now. So I, I love it. It's it's always it's 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 a blessing, honestly. Well said, Webby. And to add on to what you said about like what people other people say about Valley, about us like being united as a community, I really do love the fact that the Valley community is so strong. Whether we're going through bad times, whether we're going through good good times. Yeah, um, I I truly think we're one to one. We've unfortunately have been. Um, been through the dog days at Valley. We've had a lot of um, unfortunate experiences that I hope no one ever goes through, but I think that just made our community stronger. We, we've had a great community presence when we've gone through some of those hard times, and we've had people step up. They've become the new leaders of the school, and we're definitely, I think, past all those kind of days, and now we're on to the golden days, I believe. There's there's greener grass on the other side and i we're, we're getting it done right now so it's good exactly and i like you said i think we can when bad things do happen or good things do happen we can really rely on each other yeah 100 percent. and like you're you're not by yourself in this community you're gonna have a thousand people behind you ready to help you in any way shape or form so whether it's food money need a place to stay clothes it doesn't matter Got you. there's someone there's someone that's ready to help and that's the community's awesome Heck yeah. Shout out to the Valley community, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, one-to-one. It's it's the rarest community you could probably find, so mm-hmm. it's awesome. So, Webby, still speaking about high school, what was, like, you know, your accomplishments in Valley sports, and what was your, like, some fun memories, you know, playing some Valley sports? Because you were a three-sport athlete, right, playing football, basketball, and uh, baseball. Yes, correct. Um, you gave me, you were kind enough to give me an out, um, outline of the – what we're going to be talking about today and i i kind of been thinking about it for the last couple of weeks and the achievement wise you don't really remember it i know it's like some of those things that stood out to me 146 points against wabash i know one of my best friends tanner andrews he dropped 52 points that game so that, that one's always stood out to me freshman basketball we were sectional champs just riding back as a team together uh with the police escort I mean, that's always a good time, and our, our girls' basketball players know what I'm talking about on that as they just they just won sectional a couple days ago, so shout-out to them. Heck yeah. Um, this one is kind of a weird memory. Not necessarily weird, but kind of the ending sad. Uh, I was fortunately enough to be a TV46 Athlete of the Week against Northwood. 
my senior year for the sectional championship. They're ranked one in state. They're supposed to be doing all this great stuff. But, I mean, we came in there, and we punched them right in the face. And we we had that game won until the last, probably last quarter. We, pro- we just we just didn't finish. So, I mean, we almost upset the number one team. Their, their side of the gym was it was full all the way to the top, and it was just a quiet gym for most of that night. So, I mean, that was one of the cool memories, too, even though we ended up losing that game. But it just shows you five, six, seven guys that are just underdogs, and if you have the right mentality, anything can happen. So I like I like to share that one every once in a while when someone – when we're especially when a team's playing an opponent that's, that's probably better on paper, and you just know. So I like to kind of – tell student hey, you don't know that you could you could end up winning this if you believe um another weird one that i love i wouldn't say achievement some some fond memories was two days um the modern two a day is no such thing anymore just for safety reasons don't know why i'm sure it just something happened along the lines where they didn't think that was fit anymore i don't we don't have to go down that rabbit hole but my freshman and sophomore year um, I mean, you played, you know, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. You, you did. You have a true two a day. Yeah, your freshman year, yeah, true my, two a day. My like freshman year, I believe. Yeah, we're we were there from what eight to four o'clock, and and it was awesome. It was yeah. like I know it stunk. Like we had a lot of conditioning. We no, were you tired. More, but it was like. it was team bonding. Yeah, we we had some leadership time. We watched movies. We ate together. I mean, I I mean, I I really think that's what football or modern football is missing nowadays because i think we had more time to preach the fundamentals to make it safer and then also like your teams came together during that two-week time and it's probably impossible now because people work you can't just spend eight hours for two weeks straight kind of getting your team ready to go but i mean i i really miss that a lot just imagine fun sorry to interrupt you sorry good but um just imagine if we if the two the what do you call it the two days right yeah thing uh was put into under Moriarty's era, dude. Oh, we we would be doing some special things, and we we definitely are we definitely are doing special things right now. But oh, I I can't even imagine. It would be it would be awesome. Like I said, I'd hate to take eight hours. I'm sure Mo would hate taking eight hours away from his family. Well, just, but just what if, right? I mean, yeah, the what ifs are always hard for me because I mean, I could have done. What if I would have done something better yesterday to make today better? It's just it's too late. Reflect and learn and continue to grow. Oh, I, I think it could have been, especially, it would be crazy what we could do. But with the time that we do, we do some remarkable things for a small 3A school. So, um, And like I said, I, I, I had some small, like, conference awards. And, I, like, unfortunately, I was my junior, senior year, we weren't on the most talented. Well, I do believe we're talented, but we didn't have the most success. So it's kind of hard to get some more awards doing that. And, I mean, I was a solid player. Football is definitely my favorite and always will be my favorite. It's what I, I achieved at the and then baseball was also pretty good to me. Um, defensively, I was probably more of a standout offensively. You could ask probably most of those guys. I'm either on or off, and most of the time it seemed to be off. So, yeah, that's just some of my stuff, I guess. No, I really love hearing this. Yeah. And speaking about your accomplishments, I want to go back to the uh, your your senior year run, which is my which was my junior year. Yes, correct. Of basketball, that was so fun because the first game against Fairfield, that was fun because you guys were down how many points? Um, we uh, if I'm remembering right, and I hopefully no one fact checks me on this. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think it was 17 points at halftime. We were down, and um, Neil Clampett. I mean, you know Neil Clampett. Of Neil course. Clampett made that uh, made the Northwood. I think they call it the pit. They made it literally the Clampett. I mean, he he took over. He shot the lights out. The team defense, just from what I remember, we 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 
took it up a notch and yeah we came back and we i think we upset them too theoretically on paper so it, it was a heck of a ride that it was, was awesome that was really fun and then i think um please correct me if i'm wrong um when you guys faced northward for that next round for the championship right yeah. i think that was part of the reason why you guys were like going good against them because your momentum increased big time yeah and that that's that's another i'm glad you mentioned that just like with any sport if you got the right momentum at the right time i mean you're you're you can do some pretty remarkable things and we we were riding a high and like we were riding that wave all the way to the end until it crashed unfortunately right. but i oh. mean you couldn't help that you were going against the carrying fogs yo yeah i yeah, mean he was a heck of an athlete Ooh, i mean he was definitely a hooper so i yeah i mean that i mean we lost at the end of the day but that that sectional especially was that was that was it was fun watching really from fun. my uh, from my perspective yeah and then just i know a lot of people thought we wouldn't necessarily win and they stayed home. Our our side was a little bare. Um, but like I said, the people that did show up and supported us, they, they were loud. We we felt like we had the world on our side and it, it was awesome. Yeah, I remember it was fun. I was sitting next to Tanisha uh, when we were watching, you know, those games. Oh yeah. I remember Northwood had like a their middle school cheer block was way bigger than ours. Oh I mean <laughs> oh, we, my we walked in probably two hours before that game and that cheer block was already halfway all the way to the top and we were like, Holy cow and we just had a couple of people that just they showed up early. But no, we we had a good student section for what we had. I mean like I said, we we were supposed to get blown out of the gym, so I didn't. I, I, I don't blame people for wanting to stay home because that. weren't we just decent just that year in the regular season? Right, we, we were very inconsistent, just from what I remember. And right, um, yeah, from what you remembered, like there'd be games where we'd show up and we we couldn't throw it in the ocean if we were standing in the sand. Um, there's also, I think, um, the team chemistry wasn't necessarily there, but somewhere halfway through the season, we just it we just decided clicked. to click, and we we're yeah. like, holy cow! It's so awesome. yeah. So yeah, um, Webby, and yeah, we can. It seems like we can talk about more, more about your accomplishments in Valley Sports, right? Because it seems like you had a great time. But um, I want to talk about, you know, what. So what happens after high school? You know, when you graduate from high school? Because yes. like from what I saw, right, from my perspective, right, it seems like when you were at a high school, you went to PFW, and then you went to Huntington North for a little bit for baseball. And then, yeah, like, what were you doing throughout that time before you, you start getting into coaching? Yeah, so that that even that story confuses me even a little bit. So, I mean, I love both my parents to death, but senior year they they got separated. Life happens. Um, so that kind of kind of towards the end of my high school or my senior year, that kind of doing uh, collegiate sport kind of just was on the back burner. Wasn't really thinking about it. Wasn't really worried about it. And then I decided to go to PFW for business. And about two weeks in to that whole experience, I decided I miss being competitive. I mean, I'd wake up, I'd still train a little bit here and there. I would go to class for what five, six hours, whatever a normal college day is. Probably go waste my money on Chipotle, go back and repeat. There's no, I mean, I'm a competitive guy. Um, that's that's just what I do. So I, I miss that a lot. So I, I gave it some time, and I think towards the spring break of my freshman year, I started getting into contacts with other schools to play baseball because I knew that was probably the one sport I could easily just pick up again defensively, offensively. I was I was probably behind a little bit, and it, was, just, was it because you you got better mentally afterwards after going through that your parents' separation? Yeah, 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 I, pretty much like time healed, pretty much. Yeah, time healed, and things were starting to like. I wouldn't say it, it would ever got unstable, but things were just kind of the new norm. Right. It, I was getting used to getting used to everything. 
Um, and yeah, and I just I wanted to compete again, so I got a hold of Justin Branock, which he's an awesome guy he to this is. day. I mean, I'll explain more here in a second. I, I feel really bad because I think he stuck his neck out for me to go to Huntington, um, and that's where I decided they trusted him. He trusted me, so my sophomore year, I ended up waking up at Huntington ready to play some baseball. Um, and that, I mean, I Huntington has great coaches. Um, Coach Frame, he's a legend there. He just recently retired, and his son just took over. I still kind of keep up here and there. Um, and they're doing great things at that program. Yeah, so I woke up. I was at Huntington. Um, I was feeling all off-season workouts. I was starting to get back up to speed, feeling really good about myself. And then probably right before fall season, they, they called it Hell Week to where like that week was just go, 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 go. A lot of conditioning, a lot of training, a lot of baseball stuff. It was like it was two days for baseball for fall time. Um, I got kind of a weird and I don't know the best way to describe this, um, cysts, I believe is what they're called, on my tailbone, no idea how it came, woke up one morning, and it hurt to walk, so I, I didn't think anything of it, I I don't like complaining, so I, I still did probably two or three days a hell week, and then one more, I just couldn't move, and it was sore, so my mom, she was nice enough to come up, and we went to the doctor, and I, I'm not a medical expert, they said this was this, that, and this, potential surgery, potentially not, don't know, but they said can't do anything for a month. So I ended up being then probably, I guess, IR is the best way of describing it, just not doing anything for a month, showing up. And I kind of, I was starting to kind of lose on that competitive nature again. I'm like, why am I here? Why am I spending this money when I can't do anything? I was getting real frustrated, but then I got healthy. That took care of itself. I obviously didn't need surgery. So that was, that was, that was pretty cool. Or good, I guess. Saved you money. Save, yeah, <laughs> saved my parents a lot of money, so they're probably thrilled too. Um, and then that winter winter workouts were good. I was flirting with probably starting playing. Had a lot of playing time in the outfield. Batting was still kind of it was slowly catching up. You just don't you just don't get that overnight. Um, and then actually about February is when NAIA season starts up, so we head to Georgia. Actually, it was Kentucky first, then Georgia. And a cool thing about Georgia, that was my first collegiate start, and Tanner Andrews was pitching there just right across the diamond. It was a, <laughs> it was warm weather. It was like 60 degrees, so I'm sure they were just traveling south just to get some games in like we were. And, I mean, they had a whole week, and we were just a small school, so we were only there for a couple of days. But as he was pitching, I was playing left field on the other side. So that was that was pretty neat to kind of experience that. You're like, hey, I know you. Yeah, I was walking in, and I saw him on the mound. I'm like, I know that guy. <laughs> so I kind of just took a quick picture and had – I mean, obviously, we were there to play, so I had to move on. And I think when he was walking out, he, he noticed I was out there too. And we knew. We were texting beforehand, and we, were, we kept up with each other's yeah, schedules a little like bit. it wasn't like no surprise? No, like, yeah, we, we knew we were there, but we didn't know we would be playing that close. And obviously, first opening went 0 for 2. Probably a stolen base, a couple catches in the outfield, just a typical day, especially going on two, and not to drag this on forever. Um, it became about March time, and we had we had strength training throughout the whole um, season, which is awesome. But the coach decided he or the strength coach decided he wanted to do this new thing. Don't hold this against him. It was just it was the way it is. Um, it was like a super plank to where we all lifted each other up, and we were in like a we were like in a little pod plank I guess we're holding each other all up if someone was dropped then their weight would go onto the next person make them suffer so you made sure to really kind of um, hold each other's weight up mm -hmm. um but I was with the group I was with the group here um and they're 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 bigger guys than me they're probably they outweighed me like 20 30 pounds and <clears throat> 
someone must have kind of gave in or kind of start um, slacking a little bit, and all that weight went into my bad spot, my lower back, and there was the third fracture. So I, I didn't think anything. I couldn't move. I'm like, ah, I just probably tweaked, tweaked something. Um, well, long story short, because I know this is kind of getting stretched out here a little bit. Um, doctor said if you want to walk by the time you're 40, I'd give everything up. So that's that's kind of my collegiate um, career. Um, beforehand, I was kind of, like I said, that whole cyst thing in my, my tailbone. I kind of had a month or two off. My true love, like I told you earlier, is football. So I've been, I was communicating with some other schools, and the, the Huntington coaches knew that. They knew I probably wasn't going to be there for three or four years. So Huntington knew I was in talks with um, other schools to play football. And, uh, and luckily enough, Concordia, they, they liked what they saw in film, and they, they, they offered me actually a scholarship or a half scholarship to go play there. But then – couple weeks later that's when the whole back thing happens and there goes my collegiate career i finished the school year out at huntington and i wish this was more like a ooh happy successful story but that's the way it goes sometimes sometimes just you go you think you're going to be um achieving at one thing and then that door closes but luckily another door opens so i went back to i went back to pfw for the last two years that's that's my story right there or at least collegiate story. So how did you feel during that time? Did you feel like down or did you have, have a positive mindset during that time? Um, there's there's definitely ups and downs. Definitely I, I, I came in on a riding the wave high, the wave crashed, the wave picked up again, it crashed. There's definitely good days, bad days, and fortunately enough there's there's more bad days than good during that stretch of Huntington. Nothing against Huntington, nothing against coaches, just fortunately I I guess I was made out of glass that year, so right. things just didn't go in my favor. So what happens like after you, you know you do your second stint at PFW or what were you doing during your second stint at PFW just once again focusing focusing on school or what? Yeah, so the focus was the focus was to finish my business degree, but once I had a my junior year first semester down, um, I knew business probably wasn't the route I wanted to do, and I was just brainstorming trying to revert back to what i like and i specifically remember and i apologize i mean he won't hear this but i was in an ethics class at huntington and i mean ooh, that class threw me for the threw me in the ringer i mean that was a tough class but there was especially one day he was talking about money happiness blah 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 i mean we've heard the whole same thing and he's like if you're simply chasing money then you need to just step back stop what you're doing and kind of like rethink some things and i think that's probably what i was thinking originally like business manager marketing yeah there there's where the money is i'd be happy but he went into this whole story about i mean people with the most money aren't necessarily the happiest so i mean that that always stood out to me at the time i didn't really think it stood out to me so when i was back at pfw i'm like "Mm, yeah that actually kind of makes sense i'm like well what do i do and at the end of the day i love football i still want to be active in football um i wasn't a coach at the time I didn't think I ever wanted to be a coach. Didn't ever, definitely never wanted to be a teacher. Just that was like, but the, the, funny enough, my mom and dad, since I was twelve, like you're gonna be a teacher and coach someday. I'm like, you're crazy. He just really said that. Yeah, no, they? like I promise you, if you you go talk to them, like they they told me that numerous times, That's especially awesome. senior year when I like said I was gonna just go to the PFW go business. Like, you sure you don't want to be a teacher? Maybe coach, you'd be good at it. I'm like, ah, no, you're like crazy. Struggling off, right? Yeah, like, I mean, at the time, yeah. I'm obviously an educator now, and it's the greatest thing, I've. I mean, it's it's like the best occupation, in my opinion, in the world. But at the time, I was young. I just went through four years of high school, had to do all the tests and all that. I always had the best test taker in the world. I'm like, nah, I'm, that's not for me. But 
here I am. Um, I'm, I'm a coach and I'm an educator. So it, it's, it's kind of comical how that all plays out. And that's where I'm at. So pretty much that kid talking to you in ethics about that stuff, that really sparked you into the thing about coaching, right? Yeah, that, that definitely sparked the interest. Um, and then, I, I mean, Mo, I think, was just hired at the time, and that was Mo's first year, 2017, I 2017, believe. yeah, my first year out of high school. Yeah, that was Mo's first year. Yep. Maybe not. Yeah, it was yep. Mo's because yep. Mo's second year is when I eventually and eventually got hired. So uh, before we talk about how you landed you know, a coaching job at Valley, right? Yeah. Uh, take us through from your first coaching gig to you being the uh, special teams coordinator. From where you are right now. Actually, like first year, I was secondary wide receivers coach and special teams coordinator. Mo must have liked what we talked about, and he gave me all that responsibility right away. And to this day, I'm the same. I'm I'm wide receiver, secondary, and special teams coordinator. So, I mean, I could talk all day about Mo and how well he's. I mean, how well he's treated me and how much trust that he's put in me from day one. But yeah, day one, that's what I was at. So how that started? Did you like how how did you land? You know, how did like coach? We'll hire you. You know, say how's yeah. Talk about that process, pretty yeah. much. No, I mean, I don't think it was much of a process. I think <laughs> Mo just needed a couple coaches that um, just kind of continued building the program. You said you when you joined his second year, right? Yeah, I believe it was 2018. Was my first year coaching, and what is it? 20. That was the year we yeah. won the belt back. Yes, that was West's senior year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that was that was the like a unicorn season. That was awesome. All right. So yeah, explain. Yeah, explain it. So I was junior season. I was back. I was still. I mean, having a fractured back is it's a pretty serious gig. So I was still kind of doing rehab, and I was back for spring break, winter break. It was a break of some sort. Maybe it was early summer, um, and the football team was in there or I was leaving as a football team was entering. And like Coach Mo and I, we knew each other from church. He, he goes to the same church as me, and we we knew each other from, I mean, Alec, his right. nephew, right? Right, yeah, yeah correct. <laughs> so like, we always knew each other, and I think one day like we were talking, we would always chit-chat, small talk, and then I think probably by the second or third day that week I was in there, he's like, hey, do you have any interest coaching? And first thing I said to him, nope, don't want to. And maybe Mo has a different story on how it went, but that's how I remember it. And then he's like, well, just give it thought, see me you know where to find me and i think literally it was like the next day maybe it was the next week i ran into him like yeah sure we'll try it out so that i mean that's 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 how that hiring process went it wasn't much of a crazy interview and we've talked football here and there um and then i i didn't know what my responsibilities was so i think probably a month or two later like we we finally sat down and talked and i guess he, he trusted me enough to run the special teams do secondary and then be the receivers coach how do you feel about that? Just knowing, you know, he, he like, how do you feel at the time? And heck, now that he trusts you to do it, you know, since you're such a to do it at such a young age, because you know you are 25. Yeah, so I guess I was 19 during that during my first year. Yeah, I believe I was 19, and I'll, honestly, I felt like I was on top of the world. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this guy trusts me to do all this. But when the first practice came around, I'm like, holy cow, what did I get myself into? Sort of a thing. I was like, oh. Oh, baby. Um, but secondary-wise, I felt pretty confident. Like Carl Weaver, he's, he's always been a secondary coach, so he's been there. So, I mean, he obviously has guided me. Um, the receiver part, that's where I thought I would always be the best at just because I was a pretty good slot receiver. Um, I, I could get off the line fast. Maybe I wasn't top speed faster than anyone else, but I knew I knew my uh, patterns. I knew how to get open, especially third downs of teams playing zone. I knew where to sit down at. So that was probably my bread and butter, and I was really confident teaching those kids that. But and then special teams, I'm like, holy cow, what do we do? So first year, 
apologize to the kids who had me the first year, just like probably any first-year person. It probably wasn't the best in the world. Probably could have handled things better, but... Hey, you learn from it. That's how you learn. You're exactly right. Exactly. And I think it, it was fine. There's obviously mistakes here and there, and I'm, I'm not a perfect coach, nor I ever will be. If you ever have a coach that says they're perfect, you better just turn around and run the other way. Right. No one's perfect in general. No, yeah. yeah, no one. No, you like... I don't care who's the president. They're not going to be perfect, so I don't expect a 19-year-old football coach to be perfect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then Coach Brown, Kyle Brown, he, he he was a big help in the special teams, and that was when um, Shriver was still alive. I would always I was always go down to his room, and we would talk X's and O's, especially special teams, and he, he would always just be a mentor in that aspect because he, he was out of football at the time. I think he just spent time more with his family before all that stuff kind of happened. Right. So. So yeah, that's now we're here. It's pretty cool. I haven't got fired yet. <laughs> yeah, knocking wood, right? Yeah, I better knock on something. Um, so Webby, I really liked how you just um openly admitted that hey, I'm not perfect. I need help. I really liked the fact that you reached out to your well, what do you say, coworkers or just other coaches for help? Yeah, friends, coworkers. Because it just seems like not. I'm not talking about Valley at all, but there's it just seems like sometimes whether you're watching movies or TVs, that hey, you think coaches have all the answers. Yeah, and, like, definitely on NFL, like, watching NFL, watching collegiate, um, like, or watching college football, you always think, wow, those coaches really have it made. Just through the time that I've spent learning, gathering information, talking to, obviously, coaches around me and coaches abroad that I've been able to reach out to, and I mean, it's nothing, no one's serious, just kind of small talk. I mean, yeah, no, no one has it figured out. And no one will ever figure out. I, I just think there's a thousand ways to skin a cat, and... Like I said, there's not, there's just not one way. Right. Multiple things can work. Whether if you can get your kids to buy in, I think that's the biggest piece to really kind of look at. Like pretty much, because uh, I think Tanner Shepard was mentioned in this when we had the podcast together. He says that if you really want your uh, your kids to listen, they really have, like you have to buy into you, and you have to develop a relationship. Yeah, I mean, relationship I think is the most important thing, and I think that's probably one of my biggest strengths. And I, I I'm pretty good at relating with people. I, I like talking. It doesn't matter who you are, what you look like, what you sound like. I, I, I just want to talk to you, get to know you, and I, I think that's probably one of my strengths that I'd openly be willing to admit. And I was able to do that on day one, so they trusted me. Like, like I mean, you can have Nick Saban coaching any kind of high school team, but if they don't buy in, if they don't believe what they're doing, then it doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's going to fail. It's so, all about trust, honestly, right? Relationships, trust. I mean, that's that's the biggest key to success, I think, at least uh-huh. coaching. And then uh, from your first year to now, Tell me what are some things you were you're not struggling with, but you know, it was your first time you know learning, right? And then explain how you you know overcome it now to where like, hey, I'm kind of like good at this now. Um, yeah, like with the small things, you you eventually get better at. Um, scheme wise, you eventually kind of find the scheme that works best for you. But you know what? Like, uh, I believe this is my sixth year. Maybe if I could count, it's probably why I'm a strength coach. Um, let me consult my machine of knowledge to figure out how many years I've been coaching. But I believe, yeah, we'll just go with six. But the thing I struggle with, like after my first year, I'm like, oh, I got this figured out. I know what's coming. Year two is going to be different, or year two was different. Year three was different. Year four is different, so on, so on. I mean, every year has new problems, new challenges. I mean, I, I think that's why I like it too. It keeps you on your toes. Not one year is the same. And it's like the same with the football team. You're not going to have an identical team for two years unless you have zero seniors somehow, and that's that's never a good thing either. Just because nonstop new kids are coming in, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously your seniors are going out, freshmen are coming in, talent leaves, talent's coming in, and especially I know, I'm probably um, 
jumping all around here. No, you're fine. No, the, I love it. I the, love it. The talent at Valley, we're, we're in a very fortunate time. And I think we've always had talent at Valley, but usually you might have a class or two that might be lacking numbers. You might not necessarily have a standout athlete. And it's fine. We're dealing with high school students, so it, it's the most unpredictable thing in the world. It's not like we go out and recruit people. Um, but like right now at Valley, we, we got athletes from K through 12 and it, it's one of the biggest blessings ever. Cause you see some powerhouses that are currently struggling, see some other schools you never heard of. They're, they're thriving, but then they eventually fall off the maps, but we're, we're staying pretty consistent right now. So that's, that's a really cool thing to see. Yeah. I was going to uh, ask, so here's a really good question that I really wanted to ask you, Webby. So explain from a player's perspective since, okay, since, okay, let me rephrase that. No, you're fine. So Webby, when you're a Valley, right? Yep. During your playing days, the high school days of Valley football, they were the worst seasons, right? From winning, like, um, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I, yeah. I, it's, it's true. From, from winning, okay, your freshman year, you had, like, one winning season, right? And then the rest of the seasons, it was, like, maybe a, a couple games, right? Um, if I'm remembering right, freshman and sophomore year, one year was a title year. We won conference. I think that was my sophomore, freshman year, because – Okay, no, Maybe it was my no, sophomore because Tanner and Ben were still. So I think I remember this Nolan's freshman. Yeah. Uh, it was a winning season. Second, your sophomore year. Sorry, because you're fine. You're, you're one grade older than me. Your sophomore year, uh, 500 season, yeah. and then your junior year, like one game. Yeah, junior year was definitely. And then it was a one and game then senior year, two, three, two, three games, I believe. Yeah. Point is, uh, during your playing ga- uh, days, we, you know, it was kind of you know Valley's darkest seasons in. Valley history, right? So, so from there on to your coaching days, since you've been at the program, we've had Valley Valley success has been at its peak so far. So, explain that whole process from you know being at Valley football from you know its lowest days to its best days, and also we know that every day is not a perfect day. No, no, not every day is a perfect. But does that day. make Does that make sense? Yeah, the question makes sense. So, I guess as a your first kind of thing you mentioned as a player's perspective um junior year we've obviously won one game and i'm not going to be the type of guy to start pointing fingers at what went wrong or what happened to this why did why did that person do that or the coaching like i'm I'm not that kind of guy the only thing that i really struggle with junior year is myself there's always something i could have done better something i could have been faster could have been stronger could have done this could have did that and that's i mean Everyone that's been a part of that team should probably just look at themselves in the mirror and just ask themselves what they did that season. Right. Um, so that's kind of the way. Because like, if I start pointing fingers, I mean, we're not changing it. So they just kind of just you start bringing in non non nonsense. And the fact that it happened like drama six years ago, seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, it's been yeah. a, it's been a while yeah. now, and I, and quite frankly, I think about this often. It's like I just I just want to look at the self in the mirror and be like, what did I not do to help make this team win? And that that's what really stings with me. Um, but the thing is you can redeem yourself with that in coaching. Yeah. So that's, that's a beautiful thing about coaching. Obviously you can't play anymore. And that's, I mean, I wish I was still playing. And I, I bet if you ask that same question, any coaching and staff in Indiana or Texas, wherever, it doesn't matter where you're at, they're going to say, yeah, I wish we could play, but coaching, it's very competitive. Um, so I think what kind of, I, I come into the building with an attitude, usually try to stay consistent. I mean, I never want that feeling again. And right now our kids don't know that feeling and, Every once in a while, I'd like to try to humble them, maybe make a practice feel um, kind of crappy, do this, do that, and just kind of recognize, like, hey, like this could all be taken away from you. Right. And nothing against the community, but, like, and another problem I had about junior year, it's like, obviously, we weren't doing enough, and I struggle reflecting, like, I didn't do enough, but it kind of stinks, but I, I don't blame the community. It's like, they always talked about the glory days of Death Valley football while I was 
playing Death Valley football, and that's right. that's something no one should ever go through. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's just, we're the one that were on the field playing, so it's our fault. So yeah, we're play. we're playing now, yeah. but they're talking about the glory days. I'm like, well, gosh darn it, I wish we could we could be here, yeah. but we could always done something in the off season more. We could have lifted more. We could have done this. We could have done that. So it's, at the end of the day, it's the player's fault. But now, coaching. Like I said, just try to remind people. I'm like, hey, this could obviously all be taken away. They can be talking about the past, maybe the last four years, and you could you could easily be forgotten in the history books. So you're saying you're basically telling them one of the factors to really teach them is don't take this for granted. Oh, 100 percent. You can't even take life for granted. There's two guarantees in this world: your date of birth and then your end date when you go underground. So that's, I mean, that's the only two guarantees, and it, it could all be taken away at the snap of the finger. So we, we need to be very fortunate, keep working hard, stay humbled, and we have targets on our backs because we we beat a lot of teams. So those teams are probably just as hungry as, as we, we are. are. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. It's very. Yeah, it's awesome how you and Mo or just whoever was on the coaching staff during your days. You really want to emphasize to these kids. Trust me. You do not want to go through those days we, that you guys went through. Yeah, and it wasn't oh. Mo and, and the current coaching staff. By well, no, you know, and I'm I don't. Saying, yeah, yeah, no, no, I know what you're saying by yeah. far. And those coaches, I mean, they've they've been a part of Valley football where it wasn't necessarily the best. And they they would say the same thing. They don't want to ever go through anything like that again. So that's why I, I, the coaching staff's awesome. Everyone, everyone's hungry. Everyone educates themselves. Um, we continuously talk. We continuously learn to um, just to keep adapt or die basically to adapt with new times, develop new things, new drills, do this, do that, to just keep up with the Joneses and keep competing. Heck yeah, I love that attitude, Webby. It just it just seems, it just tells you that coaches are just as hungry as the players for success. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's the biggest thing. If we could physically, emotionally, just show how hungry like the coaches are, just to, like feed off or the players feed off of us, like it would be a whole new world. But again. You're a high schooler. I was in high school. When an older guy tells you something, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, right. I'm gonna do it my way or the highway." Right. So I mean, because we don't I, know any better. Yeah, you don't know any better. Yeah. I mean, and then after you get out of high school, graduate, kind of look back. I'm like, "Ah, oh, crap. So and so was right. I should have probably listened." So yeah, yeah. And um, Mo mentioned this on the podcast that we had together. Yeah. He said he, you know, it's really important as a coach. When you go to practice, you you get into coach mode because, like, if you're slacking, those kids can pick up on it. Oh, I mean, can you attest to that? Yeah, I, if you talk to me about my job, I'd say high school kids are dummy, and I can confidently say that just because I was a high school kid, I was a dummy. You're a high school kid. I witness it every day. Love the kids to death. Would do anything for them, but we're probably not the smartest cats in the world. But like, they are actually pretty smart. Like, if you you walk on the field, if you if you're not um hoorah or hooting hollering the whole time they're like what's wrong with you if you're kind of goofing off then that kind of kind of rubs off on the athletes they want to start to goof off a little bit and you just got to stay consistent same with winning you got to stay consistently do the basics go take go your or go through the time do your time is what i guess i'm trying to say and if you're going to be bad you're going to just consistent or continuously just be bad you're going to be consistent doing bad things so that's that's Two ways of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, and then like you said, uh, it goes back to you and the coaching staff really trying to get these kids humble as possible, huh? Yeah, I mean that's the biggest thing, and I think our kids are for the most part are humble. We got a, we got an awesome group right now that, that that's hungry in the weight room. They go as far as doing things on their own terms. Obviously, we're our limited contact times up, so now it's just based on the kids. But from all my knowledge is, they they gather, they do their thing, and it, it's not player or not coach led. It's just player led. They're hungry. They want to get after it, and that, and that makes us really excited because there's been years where kids don't care. They don't show up to the weight room. You can't make a kid go to the weight room. Right. You can tell them all these great benefits, what it could do for you. It could help you win probably a couple more games, but they don't have to come. 
But we got a group right now that, that that believes in all that that's coming, make it fun, and it makes us want to wake up and well, go do our jobs. It all comes down to us being successful for the past couple of years, you know? Yeah, and yeah, like I said, Coach Mo has had the hardest job in the history of jobs because Valley football, before Mo took over and the whole coaching staff took over that came with him, traditions have been lost. The uh, just that feeling of winning, I mean, like it's 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 very addicting, and the kids they didn't know how to win. They they lost all the time, and it was kind of a sad program for a couple of years. Mo came in, put his foot down. This is what Death Valley traditions are. This is what we do. This is what the past has done. This is what the future will do. This is what we will do. And yeah, community. I mean, yeah, it was it was probably it was probably one of. I don't want to speak for him, but that that had to been a crazy hard job. So right. Props to Mo. It's been it's paid off though. Oh, 100 percent. It's paid off. It was it, it yeah. it's it's we're right where we want it. Obviously, there's been a couple games the last couple of years we wish we could take back, but at the end of the day, we are dealing with high school students. This isn't college. We can't control what they do outside of school, outside of practice. We can't control how much sleep they get. I mean, we're we're in high school. We there's there's a lot of distractions out there. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day. We could have the perfect game plan um, sketched up or drawn up or ready to rock and roll, but if kids don't do what they're told, I mean, which it happens, and they show up and they have a bad game and get upset by someone that's hungrier and that's done the right things. That's that's the only bad thing about high school sports. You mm-hmm. can't control all that. But right, you can only control what you control. Yep. And then at the end of the day, even though yeah, I think Coach Mo uh, said this on the podcast once again. Yeah, you can coaches can work as hard. You guys have can come up with great great plans, but at the end of the day, those players have to execute them on Friday nights yeah, and prepare the playbook throughout the week as well. Oh yeah, that's all up to the players. Like we like Coach Mo probably said this, or Coach Mo did say this. You can lay out. The greatest feast in the history of feast, and you can't make them eat. So, yeah, uh, it's just one of those things. Facts, man. Um, so Webby, can you explain more about being a special teams coordinator? Besides, like the broad definition, yeah, I just you know coach the special teams. Yeah, special teams. It's honestly kind of quite a bit, and like it's it's not all me. Just because that's my label doesn't necessarily mean it's I'm the only one doing it, and. Special teams, there's kickoff, kick return, onside, hands team, recovery team, punt, punt return, PAT, field goal unit. Um, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces, and especially we don't we don't want all 11 of our studs going there because it, it's, it's a violent thing going down the field full speed and crashing into someone else. We don't we don't want we don't want anyone to get hurt. Right. But you never you don't want to put the guy that's playing offense and defense to be on the field for the whole um, 48 minutes. So we try to get some. It's a great opportunity for young guys. Upcoming players. To come, the upcoming players, young guys, to kind of show them, show them what, just show us what's up. It's a, it's an open tradition every, or not tradition, it's an um, open audition every Friday night. Right. Go down the field, smack them. And a great one is like Grady Morardi, his freshman year, or last year, this last football season. I mean, we, we know Grady's going to be an awesome athlete but he he had he has a lot of talent in front of him he goes down the field rips a kid's head off gets a fumble recovery he goes down grabs the ball from a kid another game goes down and does this and then like coaches notice that and they're like okay this kid can obviously go down and give us his all so he's going to start getting some outside linebacker time or middle linebacker time whatever he plays so it's just like it's awesome opportunities and throughout the years like you've always had a younger guy that stands out in special teams and you just throw them into the fire then because they've proved to themselves that they can go yeah whether if it's later that season or the next season they're next you know they're starting either offensive defense and they become a stud yeah because we've noticed them on film 
the eye in the sky never lies. So that's what we like to kind of tell them. I love it. Um, but it, it, it's really hard because, like I said, there's a lot of moving pieces. If someone kind of tweaks their ankle, then you're finding the next guy in line, and you only got X amount of kids on the sideline that can probably handle that kind of a force, that kind of violence. And it like it's just not one shoe fits. What we do on kickoff is a different scheme. What we do from kick return, obviously, offense and defense, we know are we know our certains. We know what we're doing on like personnel. Doing, yeah, we know what personnel. We know we know what we're trying to accomplish. But special teams, like any, it, it's battle of the fittest. I guess it, it's kind of a crazy competition. Ordeal. You know, yeah. best man is gonna be on the field. Yeah, it, that you're exactly right. It's just, it's very competitive. It's it's also hard to keep up with everything. And, and it's it's very simple. We like to keep it um, stupid simple or kiss. Keep it super right. or stupid simple. And I think for the most part, players buy in. But like I said, just hard. Like especially later in the season, football is a very violent sport. Um, so there's kids that are beat up, so you're just trying to, like, piece everything together. It just seems like uh, attention to detail is really important to your job. Yeah, and if I don't send, let's say, if I don't send a kid in, or sometimes there might accidentally get 10 on the field, I miscounted, and you got Coach Mo um, barking down my neck. So that's, that's probably my biggest goal to so avoid. that leads me to <laughs> a question that I have in mind. Yeah. So how important, as a coach's perspective, is accountability, being accountable to yourself? Because, like you mentioned, yes, coaches do make mistakes, not just players only. I mean, I I think that's really important, um, especially um, like I said, if we don't, we expect to hold our kids to a high standard. But if we um, don't hold ourselves to a high standard, then like, what are we really doing here? So I mean, they'll catch on with that. Uh, like I said, I think Mo does an awesome job with this. He keeps his rules simple; they're clear. Kids know what they can do, can't do, and he he holds the same standard to the coaches. So Heck it's yeah. it's really important that we hold the coaches to the same standards. Which we do. I mean, it's it's all solid. No, I love it. I love learning about this stuff. Yeah. It's crazy, to, like you know, diving behind the scenes. Yeah. So, um, since you're one of the youngest head coaches in the staff, how is that? Since like, how is your relationship with the coaches? I know you kind of said it on this. You spoke about this a little bit earlier, but how is that? Despite you know, you're one of the youngest ones, but yet you're. It seems like you're great friends with them, even outside of the field or outside of practices. Um, I mean, the best way to describe us is. I think we're just a bunch of little kids outside still thinking we're playing football and we're having fun with it. We're all really close. I can go through the whole list of all the coaches, say thousands of great things about them. I mean, we're, we're a pretty tight-knit group, and I think we're really fortunate. Most done an awesome job of getting everyone together because I think we all kind of have our different kind of views on what it, what it takes to be successful. Um, but again, that makes that makes the best teams because like we're not ideas. all just – we're just not all saying yes, yes, yes. We all – like you said, we all generate different ideas, and at the end of the day, like Brown, D coordinator, Mo, who has a big hand, I mean, that's his defense too, and then we from offense, we generate those ideas for those guys, and they, I mean, they listen, they they, they just put into the plan then, like, that's pretty much it. It sounds simple, I'm trying to find words for it, but... No, it's awesome. They, Mo, we think something different, I'll think something different, Brown will think, Wise will think something different, I mean, Durf thinks, and then that's awesome, because we're just generating bettering ideas for ourselves that maybe for, to win that next week, so... Yeah, I mean, like, nothing can be perfect if you have to say yes to everything. You yeah, know? you don't You don't want a yes man, and I, I know Mo probably doesn't want a yes man, too, or yes um, um, yeah. female. Just, if you say yes all the time, are you... You're not learning anything. Right. You're not. Like you're you're not truly thinking. You're just saying yes. Okay, sure, whatever. Let's go. But no, you got. You yeah, have nothing's changing for the better if you're gonna be like a yes person. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like, yes is bad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, toxic no's all the time is bad too. Well, yeah. But you gotta have that fine balance. I think we're like we're all we all get along together. We'll go to clinics together. We'll um Sundays, 
that's kind of our preparation day to kind of get ready. We'll go to Coach Mo's house and we we'll all hang out together. We laugh together. Um, it, it, it's Just an dudes awesome being time. dudes at the end of the day too. Dudes being dudes. I mean, that's probably the best way of describing it. Uh huh. Um, I want to go back to one point. You know how you mentioned how you know, like Grady was such a, was such a stud on uh, special teams. Yeah. Um, yes, I can attest to that. He was such a stud because I went to several of the games this past year. But I also want to mention another player. Yeah. Brock Durf. I thought him and Grady were such a great combo oh, on special yeah. teams. And yes, the underclassmen. But hey, dude, every time I saw a kid would get tackled on the opposite team, it was either Grady or Durf. Yeah, and I, I mean, I guess... I wasn't planning on coming and spilling names all the time because I could say probably right. four or five hundred names I, to you. I'm saying from my perspective. Yeah, from your yeah. perspective. Yeah. Um, Brock, I'm super excited for Brock. I was actually just talking to Coach Weave today about Brock and the just his work ethic in the weight room has been awesome. He's been he's been killing it. He's been doing his duties. Um, and like yeah, all, like Friday nights, him Grady. I know Nate Angstrom. Um, I can literally name that Albert occasionally. We got an awesome kicker in Gage Overby. Um, Styles would go down. Uh, Mason Young. We had all sorts of guys. I could go on and on and on and on and on. Um, but like the, the first couple, I mean, they were dogs and they wanted to go down and they didn't still want to just tackle someone. They wanted to make their presence known and be like, yeah, it's going to be a long day and we're going to score a lot of touchdowns. Make so a statement. Buckle up and get used to it, kind of a thing. Yeah. And I, I love it. That's why I love special teams. I thought originally when I wanted to coach, it would just be receivers coach some secondary but, coach but now turned, i'm kind of turned out different person. huh for yeah. the better it seems like so yeah now i love special teams more I'm, i can't wait to meet with the coaches some of the ideas that we have for this um upcoming season um uh, and i i'm more becoming more of a defense guy just because i i, I like defense a little better and it now, seems like you keep weird. learning every year like you said every year every year yeah i i mean what was awesome 20 years ago is kind of dumb now what um what is awesome now is going to eventually be dumb 20 years ago it's this is an ongoing cycle just evolution yeah huh? so like i said earlier adapt or die so that's that's what we're doing uh-huh so mention like those people those like athletes like you know how you said like derf like he's dialed in the weight yeah. room i bet from your perspective you love to see that right but yeah. how do you make how do you make other kids stay dialed in and you're around like such as encouraging them to go to Viking Strong. Like, how do you manage it as a coach? Um, I mean, it's really hard. And I mean, like, as a coach and then as my real job, being the right. strength and um, – I, I hate saying strength and conditioning, but I will just say that. I like to be, like, strength and preparation. I stole that from Buddy Morris, who's way bigger name than I'll ever be. But I like – I that's two separate jobs. So, like, when my real job at day is training these athletes, like, I preach and preach and preach. Got to get in the weight room. Got to get in the weight room. And I'm I'm not a Big Ten strength and conditioning coach. I'm not going to put 90 pounds on you. I'm not we're, I'm not going to say live in the weight room or you're not going to be able to play. I'm a high school strength and performance, strength and conditioning, however way you want to look at it, coach. Um, my biggest thing is I have you for 35 minutes during the day. I'll be lucky to have you if you're off season um, after school. Biggest thing, injury prevention. Doesn't matter who you talk to at the end of the day, if you don't have some of your main athletes by sectional attorney time, you're going to struggle. So injury prevention. So um, coaches can have their athletes feeling fresh and ready to rock and roll by the end of the season. Um, the next thing is, is speed training. We don't get enough of speed training and there's nothing against coaches. I don't believe in conditioning. I despise it. Is there a need for it? hundred percent. Yes. It's team bonding. It's mental toughness, but I think you should only do it for so long in the beginning of the season and then get away from it. So I like to do speed training because you truly do not get full speed in any kind of practice. I don't care. Maybe track practice is the only exception. Mm -hmm. 
you're probably working around 75, 80% work. Like that's as fast as you'll go. So what I like to do in order to be fast, you got to be fresh. And I don't want, I, I preach that to kids all day. If you come to Viking strong, you're going to leave with your head high. You're going to feel awesome. You're going to feel like you've accomplished the day. If you ever have a strength coach, it just puts you through the um, ringer and you feel defeated, you're tired. And they say, you're going to get stronger faster by that. Please run away. Yeah. And by all means, I'm, I'm not a guru in this yet. This is year one, but I've been very fortunate enough to have people into my corner. Just, I can always revert back to, I can talk to, and there's been some people in some high places and I'll just, um, my biggest, one of my biggest people that I always go back to, and I'll probably always go back to, and he probably is already annoyed with me already is Aaron Latensky. He was a strength coach at Valley for a year. He, he, he just had to leave because just didn't end up working out for him. Right. Um, I mean, he's he's actually became one of my close friends. If you asked him if we're friends, he'd probably deny it. But I don't know. Um, no, I'm joking. But Aaron, he's awesome. He's been in some high places. He's he's been through the ringer. And um, shout out to the Sunday um, morning lifting crew. That's where we kind of get our professional development time in the off season. It's oh, I could just name on and on and on. AJ from Hanover Central, Scott Fearson. Um, he he's he's an awesome mind um aaron fields uh again aaron and there's i i'm probably skipping a couple guys uh brady from maryville there's a ton of guys that go there and i i like to just sit back and listen and learn because those guys are bright minds and it it it, it really helps out a lot mm-hmm. it does seem like it man yeah no it that helps out uh they've they've taught me so much in year one and i just can't wait to keep um continuously learning those guys i mean they're they're humble too like 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 i said they they're it's an ongoing learning process what works today doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna be the right thing tomorrow so they're just continuously going and we're dealing with high schoolers you got to keep it simple um we'll never be an instagram (laughs) an instagram trainer where come do this come do that you're gonna lose 50 pounds no like i said injury prevention Yes, you're gonna get stronger, but you're gonna do it the right way. Hey, KISS. You're not what? Kiss. Like keep Yeah, this, keep yeah. it simple, stupid. Yeah. Or keep it stupid simple. Whatever way you want to look right. at it. Um yeah, I, I don't want to keep going and boring you with this, but like microdose, getting stronger slowly, slowly, slowly. You don't want to just do it all at once. And that's a really hard thing with my job is like freshmen, sophomores want to come in and break all sorts of records they see on the boards. No. Stay you're, humble, you're, man. You gotta yeah. stay humble. You gotta master the movement, move movement over maxes. It's another one I stole from this TCU strength and conditioning coach. Uh, I don't know him. Just that's kind of his um, method. All right, but like like I was saying, probably to, I've been stretching this um, probably answer out probably long too far. But how I get kids to keep coming to Viking Strong, I make it fun. It doesn't matter if you're a track, softball, baseball, football. It doesn't matter. When we're in the weight room, we're all one team. And I know probably some coaches don't necessarily like that because it's like, well, you're not training sports specific. Um, Last I checked, if you get stronger, if you get faster, if you get the right adaptations in, if you are more likely, and again, I'm not preventing all injuries, but if I significantly reduce injuries on some of the more common injuries in high school sports, uh, that's all you need, and that will make them better for whatever sport you're coaching in or those athletes you're playing in. So we're one big happy family in there. It's it's a heck of a time. It's a who, and like I said, you're getting work in. Is it basic? Yeah, but are we just high school athletes? Yeah. yeah, as long as they're making like baby, like someone of baby steps or you know a little improvement day by day, you're doing your job. Yeah, and like I said, the foundation's been laid through the past three strength coaches or four or five strength coaches. So shout out to them. And my job was easy with the older guys, the younger guys. They're just new, so movement over maxes. And by the time that you master the movements, you're just going to be doing high, um, a uh, lot of numbers anyway for whatever lift you're doing. So it, it's a heck of a time. 
Heck yeah, man. Like, seriously, you know, keep on improving because, you know, it just seems like, you know, it seems like yourself, Bubby, you're humble yourself. It seems like you know that, that you always want to improve day by day, but you love it. That's what matters. Oh, most. yeah. And this is all making you happy. No, it, 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 I mean, besides my fiance, I mean, this, this is a close second of making me the happiest person in the world. Just seeing kids finally, I mean, we only PR twice a year, but like the program we run, um, for their, like their third set, like, Oh, I've never done, let's say 225 or six times before just seeing kids like stand up after that lift, have a smile on their face. Some even had tears in their face. Like cause they couldn't, they haven't been able to do it. And that, I mean, that's so rewarding to self accomplishment basically. Yeah. I wouldn't even say it's me. Cause they're the ones that's doing it. Like you I said, I could have the I'm best program. Them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Them, yeah. To them. It's self, self accomplishment. Yeah. And I don't, you don't get that obviously English and math and some of those classes. Yeah. They're probably more important, but like, I think I reach more of a, um, I reach more students just because you see this right away. I not right away, but you'll eventually see improvement if you if you like just stick to working hard. Then you it will eventually come, and then when that day comes, just seeing the kids' faces. And I've only been there for less than a year still, but oh, it's so rewarding, and I, I don't think I'm ever gonna get sick of that. Heck yeah, I love it. And hey, man, this shows you that hey, health is wealth. Yes, health is wealth. And my, my class isn't just for all athletes. I have numerous non-athlete kids in there. And it's just like, I am a teacher. I am teaching them how to properly lift, how to follow a program, how to do this, how to do that. So I think sometimes getting a strength and conditioning coach kind of gives a bad rap in the community. And right. I, I mean, I'm teaching no matter if you're an athlete or not. You're not going to like disgrace a non-athlete compared to an athlete. Yeah, I'm just not in there just blowing my whistle and saying kumbaya. By any means, I'm, I'm in there. I'm teaching them how to do this. I'm teaching them the right way and trying to avoid the wrong way and how to safely do this and that. And, I mean, yeah, we're, we're teaching them. And we're learning every day, and it's it's awesome. Yeah, because, like, working now, improving your health just boosts your self-esteem at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's so rewarding for me seeing kids maybe walk a little taller in the hallway. Maybe they fill their sleeves out a little bit more, and at the end, they just feel they're, – they're smiling. Confidence. They're happier. They feel – yeah, confidence. They, they feel good. And, like, my program – Maybe this is not the right word to use. It's not sexy, but it's been proven to work. It takes time. It takes consistency. But if you want to be good at anything, you got to just you got to stay consistent. You can't just do it for a day, leave, show up right. two weeks you later. Stay dialed in. Yeah, you got to be dialed in. And I think like our football, and I know we primarily focus on football on this. Like football players have done awesome. Any girl sport in the school has done awesome. You can just tell them what to do, and they're they're pretty motivated. Everyone in the school right now is motivated, and it's like of time. Will it be like that every year? No, probably not. It's high school. You never know it's what's going to happen. Um, but they 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 seem to be very very dialed in right now, and that's makes it really easy for me to wake up at 4:45 in the morning and get to the school and get rocking until five. So I love it every day. I love the positive effect, Webby. And I just wanted to ask a couple questions about football before we talk about you know. The engagement life. Yeah. So, Webby, you know, quick thoughts about, you know, last season, right? And then your thoughts about this upcoming season. Last season, I personally believe we maybe, uh, and I, I think every coach will feel like we should have never got lost that last game. We don't need it. I mean, I guess everyone knows it's Southwood. Um, we didn't know what was to happen because that previous year, two years ago, it was like, holy cow, we got athletes everywhere. We're deep. Uh, we're excited. We've, we're doing some pretty remarkable things. We've had the offense a-rocking. Uh, Mo and Brown had the defense a-rocking. It, it was a special time. So this this last season, we really didn't lose out on much. Like, we all, we'll always miss um, previous players, but the people that stepped in, they kicked butt. 
and it was a lot of fun. And like I said, we're dealing with high school students. We can't control what they do outside of life. And we show up to Southwood. We stub their toe. And then we ended up facing Garen Catholic. And we played Peru first. We kind of stubbed our toe there a little bit. Second half, we, the train was rolling again. Um, it was really exciting. And then against Garen Catholic, I'm not going to point fingers at this. I'm not going to say, but I, I, and I think any coach in the history of coach could say, well, we were two plays away from having a different outcome or we were five plays away. Uh, we were truly like two plays away from being a little different story and props to Garen Catholic. They're very talented. That's a really tough sectional we're in. Um, for some reason, a small three, a school like us is battling, um, people from the city. Don't get it. Don't want to get it. Someone must've made someone in the state mad. So why we're in there, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, that's who we have to face. I, I think our kids were locked in and we're ready, but we, we had penalties. And like I said, they're high school kids. We had some penalties. We were a couple big plays away from this being maybe a whole different conversation. Um, but it happened. Learn learn from it. We yeah. learn. So, yeah, what'd you say? I was going to say, we're going to learn. We went back to the drawing board. We're, we're, we're gearing up for, we're loading the Army back up, getting them ready to rock and roll. We're excited about the eighth grade, the incoming, oh, I guess they'll be the freshmen coming in. And we're excited. We're really excited about what we have. So it's it's going to be another crazy exciting year, I believe. Yeah. So what can we expect? So what can Valley, the Valley community, expect for next year? Just for guys to step up, or can you go more in depth about that? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's hard to because, like I said, tomorrow's not guaranteed, and by the time season comes around, we don't we don't necessarily know what the product's going to be. But I all I can tell you is that community members they they can they just show up to death valley or smith bibler memorial field and they're they're going to be proud of the product that's produced because i mean coaches managers staff players we're we're going to work hard like always and it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a time Mm -hmm. heck yeah and i love the fact that when i asked uh mo on the podcast we had that hey is your goal to win a sectional championship he said it's not He's trying for a state championship. Oh yeah, which I love his just big vision, man. Yeah, and Mo Mo's awesome, and like I said, all of our goals is to win um, a state title one of these days, and I think we 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 have the talent at Valley to do so. We just we just gotta break through one of these days, and I think I don't think community members, parents, all those guys, girls, whoever they don't they don't really realize that, but like a varsity sport's hard. It doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, whatever. We're we're finally getting to the level now where it's some pretty serious competition, especially in Indiana. So it, it it really takes a special group. Probably takes a little bit of luck, and I think I think we're on the fast track for the right um, formula to get to Indy or Lucas Oil one of these yeah. days. Got to believe in you guys ourselves, you know. Yeah, and I think we all I think we all do for the most part. So we just we just got to keep it dialed in, keep working, and hopefully eventually it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then one last question before we move on. Uh, what are some like? What's a personal goal you want to accomplish? You know, maybe you know by next year or in the long run, uh, from a coaching standpoint. Um, coaching standpoint, um, maybe event. I mean, I don't know. I I don't want to step on anyone's toes right now, just because I'm really happy of where I'm at. I don't want to be. I don't want to move away from Valley, and that's not the intention. Right. But maybe someday, just be a head coach would be. I think I would really enjoy doing that. But again, it it just depends. Coach Mo's not going anytime soon. Our coordinator, like Carl Brown, Durf, Why, like we all, we got all, or um, Rick Shepard, Officer Shepard, excuse me, Coach Shepard, I guess. He has, You're he right, has so, yeah. oh my God, he has so many hats. Uh, I mean, we're we're all not, we're not going anywhere. I don't think anytime soon, and I'm I'm happy where I'm at. So maybe eventually, maybe be a defensive coordinator, 
this is long, long term. Long run, yeah. This is long term. Eventually, maybe if not that, be a head coach. But like I said, I, this that that's extremely long term. Nothing now. Like I said, I don't want to set. Like we're we're rolling right now. We know we know our roles. We know our jobs, and I think we're all we're all happy with them. So we just got to we just got to keep learning, um, and teaching, producing. So yeah, I love it, Webby. And then uh, it just seems like, like I said throughout the podcast, it seems like you're loving this. And then Webby, uh, you know, talking about next season, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. You know, for coaching. Thank you, Cheese. I really appreciate that. No problem. no problem. So, anyways, after a long talk of Valley football. Let's talk about, you know, you getting engaged, right? Podcast is over, cheese. I got to go. No. <laughs> You're funny, man. So, Webby, man, serious note, how is it being a gauge from – is that right, engaged? Yeah, I'm engaged. Okay, okay, sorry. I, I hope, I think. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was overthinking for a second. I had a brain fart. But anyways – how is it getting engaged from a peer's perspective? I always wanted to know that, like, in depth. Um, uh, truthfully, I, I don't think it feels any different from the first day I met her. Because I, I think, truthfully, and I, I'm not trying to be like a Hallmark movie right now, right. but I think day one, I knew, I, I darn well knew she's she's probably the one for me. Um, like, right off the gate, we bonded pretty well together. Her name's Ashley. I don't know why. I just keep saying her, them, or whatever I'm saying. I don't know what I say. Shout, Shout out to Ashley. Shout out to Ashley. She's the she's the rock to this mess. But, like, I, I feel like it's to say the same. The only thing that's kind of a shell shock is seeing that um, rank on her finger every once in a while. I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> we are engaged. But, no, like, it it it's a very good feeling right now. And I it's, it's always going to be a good feeling is what I'm probably trying to say. But like from day one to now, I mean, I'll love her the same. Love her always. We always we always get along. We laugh. Um, there's been obviously up and downs like any relationship. Right, but that's every relationship. It seems yeah, like there's there's actually hasn't been really too many downs. Probably less than a half, and she'll probably laugh on that one. Knock on wood, right? Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, I gotta find wood. Um, no, it it feels magical. I guess is probably the words I'm looking for without sounding like a Hallmark movie. But again, it feels like from day one, I I see her. We talk the same, we communicate the same, but it, it is really, it, it can be pretty emotional seeing the ring on her finger and just knowing that you're going to marry your best friend. And I, I think, what what's today? February? Holy cow. Yep. What is that? Eight months away? October? Something like that. Something like that, like that yeah. Like yeah. I said, I'm a strength coach. I'm not a, yeah. let me consult my machine of knowledge. That's one of my favorite quotes right now. But anyways, like, um, like from your perspective, what just stood out to her? Like, what stood out? to you about her like was it her just her being karen or just yeah keep, well i mean yeah she has a she has a huge heart and she she's an educator too so she loves kids and i i i'd like that a lot um her so smile commonality right yeah yeah her her smile her laugh uh like literally everything about her so it's like from day one it's like oh yeah this yeah. is this is she's awesome she's the one for me yeah, no, she's she's very loving, caring. She's always, I mean, if I have had something crazy, sick, whatever, she was always right by my side, asking what she could do to help, and then yeah, vice yeah, versa, support, like yeah, support. Yeah, her whole, she's she's awesome. I every day, I mean, obviously in any job, there's frustrations or like there's oh, I had a bad day with this. She'll sit down and listen, give me a hug. She'll she'll smile, and be like everything's gonna be okay, and it's like, I mean, that's why I love her. She's you need, you need that, that support yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. So, didn't you get engaged back in August, right? I sure hope so. Um, I believe, and if it's kind of funny, people are like, "How the heck do you not know when you got engaged?" But when you ask Kurt too, she's like, "Uh, yeah, it was it was right before school started." So, yeah, late July, yeah. early August. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, tell the story like how that happened, like how did that proposal went without stretching this for five hours. Um, so when we first started dating, she a long time ago she sent me a TikTok, and this was before I had TikTok, and because I have TikTok, it's probably because of her. And to all the students, if you listen to this, yes, I have TikTok, and I've lied to you for months. Get off of TikTok; it's the devil. Uh, but she sent me a crumble cookie. I'm like, what the heck are these? So she, we like, we went down the rabbit hole, and I kid you not, man, we probably went to Crumble Cookie in Indy every other week, and we've been we've been together for for over two years now. Yeah, over two years, something like that. And oh my lordy, we we would I I would tell people, oh uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to Golf Galaxy, and then we stopped um, to Crumble Cookie. But yeah, that that was kind of our thing. We bonded with that right away. So when I, I I I wanted family to be involved too. I I love her family, and obviously I love my family. So I was trying. I wanted to keep it close to home. I don't necessarily go hiking a lot. I don't know all the scenic stuff. So her sister Alyssa and her mom Kathy, they I kind of told them an idea. They actually they're really kind and they went out scouting for an area and then they kind of like sent me some pictures of what's because yeah she sent me some pictures of like what could be good. Right. So long story short, I bought a crumble cookie that she's been talking my ear off that whole week. Uh, I put the ring. It was a lemon cookie, I believe. I put the ring on the lemon cookie and I suck at secrets. She she knows what I'm lying to. Um, I forget <laughs> what happened. My sister called me. Someone called me. I was like, yep, I'll see it Saturday at 8 or whatever. And, I mean, Ashley's a smart cookie. She probably – she knew it was coming. She actually gave me like 30 days or it was over with. No, I'm just joking. She didn't do that. <laughs> no, but I gave it away some way or another, and she knew, and it made me so mad. because She knew something was up. Yeah, she knew something was up, and I'm bad. Like, my body language changes. Like, like I have a weird smirk on my face. It's, it's pretty easy to pick up. But uh, long story short, her sister was hiding behind some car. I got down on one knee said some words to her that if you're to put a gun to my head and say what were the words i would be like i forget but and i opened the crumble box and there was the ring yeah. so it was it was a pretty emotional pretty fun yeah it was a, she it got was a to win-win. say yes to the man she's gonna marry and she's gonna say yes to the uh cookie that she's always <laughs> wanted <laughs> pretty much yeah, right? yeah uh yeah we both we both ate that i think she smashed it in my face actually she's like about time and then she like shoved the cookie in my face no i'm just joking yeah, no, you're fine. but no yeah it, it was a win-win and then we all we all went back to the boathouse just because it was convenient with my whole family so, like so yeah her family was there my family was there and we were having a heck of a time so i think actually this is going to be kind of comical because i'm sure they're going to listen i'm pretty sure the next wedding is um ted which is ashley's dad and my dad vince they, they kind of have a bromance going on right now, and it's kind of comical. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the next wedding in the family. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but, hey, at least at least they're getting along, Webby. No, no, that is honestly, truthfully, the biggest blessing or one of the biggest blessings ever that we all get along. We we all laugh together. We all tell stories together. It's, it's a fun time. Like I, I love being, especially with her family, love being with them, and especially when both families come together. Like it, It's not awkward. You couldn't, you couldn't ask for nothing better. No, right? like that. that's picture perfect, and I'm very fortunate enough that we, we have that. Heck yeah, I'm really happy for you, you guys, honestly. And then I'm not saying this because you hear, um, you can even ask Erica because me and Erica talked about it. Um, Ashley's a really nice girl. Yeah, no, yeah, she's she's probably, uh, thank you. She's probably one of, like, she's the nicest person I've ever met, that's for sure. She probably, she's almost probably too nice. She she would go out of her way for people. She'll do this, she'll do that. And she's she she's one of the kindest people you'll ever meet, especially, 
I think one of the biggest reasons too that uh, I fell in love with her is she ha she has a big heart for animals. I love animals, and she's really big into adopting. And it's kind of funny. Like the first night that like we actually kind of hung out at her house because she she has a house. Um, she she adopted a dog named Knox. Knox might became my best friend. He probably likes me more than Ashley now, but he chewed my sock up. I'm like, oh man, I don't this this dog's crazy. Holy cow, he's eating my foot off. But no, it's kind of comical. So now we ended up being best friends. And then actually, Ashley and I, not too long ago, or over a year ago now, which time flies, adopted another dog. So just that love for dogs and having that common interest with animals, that, I mean, that obviously brought another us together. Another million reasons why you love the girl. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a million. <laughs> I could probably write numerous um, notebooks why. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So uh, one last question, Webby, right, before we wrap up. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, the engagement life, right? So you said you have a wedding in October, right? Yep. Um, are you that type of guy that's that's gonna be like like you're stressed out about the wedding or nah? You let whoever take care of it and you just go with the flow because you know I've seen people get stressed about you know getting ready for a wedding compared to people like eh, I let people take care of it. Well, um, if you were to ask her, she would say I'm more involved or I'm more involved in what she would thought. If you ask me, I mean it's both of our days, but I mean. Let's be honest, geez. A girl, and I think Ted gave me this advice, which okay. Ted's advice is it's wonder, it's like the best in the world. And I'm sure Kathy will kind of laugh and maybe hit him about that. I mean, a girl, she thinks about this day when she's five or six. This is her day to be a princess, and obviously. And guys, we don't think about it until probably 48 hours before the wedding. Yeah. I'm super excited, super stoked. But my stress level is probably a little lower than what hers is. And, like, I I, I just want to do anything and everything possible to make it her day feel like a princess, make her feel special. Right. And, obviously, I'm excited, too, because it's my day. Right. right. But, like, yeah, yeah that's kind of how I'm I'm thinking it right now. And um, we're blessed enough to where her parents are very generous in what they're doing. So, I thank you. I mean, I words can't. There's not enough thank yous in the world to say thank you. Shout out to Ted and Kathy. Shout out to Ted and Kathy. Kathleen or Theo, Teddy. There's some other nicknames I like to say to them, but maybe not now. It's not the best time. Um, no, they're 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 super awesome, super generous, and I mean they're, I guess yeah, they're financially they're helping out with the wedding like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of it. Extremely blessed. Oh uh, yeah, like I know most people don't get that opportunity. Um, and I don't I don't even necessarily know if I'm supposed to be talking about it, but if I am, because it just shows how I mean, I'm just I'm so thankful for that. Ashley's so thankful for it. And my parents, they're going to pitch in some, but not to anywhere near. I, I truly wish maybe this could be one of my random weird movements in the future. It's like it, it shouldn't fall on to the, um, to the female's dad right. or family. Not dad, but Ted and Kathy. It shouldn't fall on their shoulders to finance a fun day for everyone to get uh, married. So, no, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for them. They're, they're awesome. I can't, like, words can't express enough how appreciative i am towards that heck yeah um once again happy for you once again thank you i appreciate and, that. and um yeah webby is there anything else you want to say or ask uh no biggest thing is just how's podcast life going for you i know i'm know i'm 28 so kind of give me a rundown on that i'm sure you don't get a lot of questions asked i know it's, it's fun i don't care about the questions I, I love doing this you know we can keep talking keep talking about now, this, what, you know? what, what what time are we at right now we're at like an hour like 15 dang i i don't think i'm breaking the record yeah, then yeah no you're fine you know it doesn't matter about the length it's all about the conversation honestly yeah honestly about podcasting it's really not about the length it's all about the genuine conversation we're having and i love the 
I love how I'm learning new things. You know, I learn new things. Heck, we knew each other for how long? Years. 13 years. Yeah. 13 years. And I'm learning a lot more today compared to other other years in the past, honestly. Yeah. And like I said, like I, I'm a pretty just, I'd say introvert is probably the right word for me. Like if people ask, I'll tell them, but I'm not going to go out of my way and ask for thank yous or hey please notice this or notice it's just that who you are, right? just yeah. i'm i'm gonna do what i'm supposed to do keep it to myself and if i get asked to do a podcast i'll do it and i'll share more information i'm very thankful that you've asked me to be a part of this because it's 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 been a lot of fun yeah thank you and i really appreciate you wanting to do this as well because you know with you said being you being an intro right don't don't worry what other people say or what you think because like that's why me and the guys like Jared, LJ, Tanner, and Andrews, we love about you. Oh well, that 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 truthfully that that means a lot. So thank you. And I I used to struggle with what everyone thought about me, but at the end of the day, it's like I control what I control. They control yeah. what they're controlling. As long as you're happy, just ignore everyone else. Yeah. No, and this has been a blessing. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say one thing, but I forgot. Oh yeah, and about the the podcast life. You know, ever since the start of the year, since I had. Since I started the year with Casey Zoman, yeah. right? Casey Ryan Zoman, since I like to call her, <laughs> you know, calling her maiden name. I don't know. It's, it's such a weird habit. But anyways, I've been ever since that podcast. She kind of inspired me in some way doing that podcast because, like, she kept me in a. She made me realize to be more in a positive mindset. She made me think in a better positive mindset, right? So ever since I got got into like a positive mindset, I've been dialed in and like posting episodes every Tuesday, and it, it makes me excited to work ahead, get guests, record them, edit, and then uh, post these podcasts so people can either laugh, learn, get inspired, or relate to it, or heck, disagree. Yeah. I, I love it. I don't know. I love it. I'm going to call you like mini Joe Rogan. Cause, no, I'm just joking. I'm just <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. I, you know, I just love doing this, you know. it's no. And then uh, I, got, I, I got, sorry I'm rambling on about this. Oh, you're this. fine. I got a couple. I got some feedback in the past saying that I do this for clout, but honestly, I love doing this. I truly, genuine love doing this, man. Hey, follow your dreams. And if you were to tell me five, six years ago, or even last year that I was going to be the next strength coach at Valley, I would have just laughed at you and probably walked away. But you never know what you're going to fall in love with. And once you do know what you love, then stick with it and move on. And not move on, but learn, do it, and have fun with it. Life's too short. Like I said, probably an hour ago, there's only two guarantees, your birthday and the day that you you go underneath, so six feet under. So Yeah, well, Webby, and, and that's why, you know, it just seems like you've been happy lately and I've been happy lately. It's because we've been following our, like, what we love to do besides let what other people tell us to do. Yeah, 100%. And you you got to find what you love, and you don't need to know it in high school. You don't need to know it in college. You don't necessarily right. need to know it, it tomorrow. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it takes time. Yeah, it takes time, man. It's a grind, and, like, once you know, you'll know, and then you, you – you'll just you'll um hopefully people will follow the path i think it's sad too many times people just wake up at four go to work until what four 12 hour days and they're just on repeat okay they're they don't doing what they love they're not maybe they're making they're making fine money but they're just they're in an endless cycle so i'd say who cares about the money follow your dreams stay humble fight the good fight and there you go i think coach mill uh said it the best you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oh, that's that's one of the that's that's a famous Coach Mo quote. He says that first day of conditioning, baby, when all the big boys are huffing and puffing and laying down or faking a cramp, they that's that's the first thing that comes out of Mo's mouth, and I love it. 
Yeah, and the beautiful thing about that is that it can apply to other things. Oh, in it life. can go. Not just, not just about uh, football practice, and not just about you know finding what you love to do. Oh yeah, get out of your comfort zone. That that you could literally use that in probably anything in the world or any conversation. Mm-hmm. And just get out of your comfort zone and experiment. You will never know until you try. Facts. And then since we don't want to keep the audience, you know, lingering on, you know. Um, since we don't want to bore them to that, even though we're having a fun conversation, I'm hoping, hopefully the audience is tuned in the whole time. I, yeah. I know I can ramble on for hours. And hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, Webby, um, it's time for the cheesy question of the day. The cheesy question of the day. Okay. So Webby, today's cheesy question of the day is which friends house back in the day had the best pantry. Holy cow. I can give you mine to uh, maybe generate uh, some ideas. Uh, I I think I know it. I'm trying to. I'm just. I want to make sure this is the right one in my head, really quick. I I mean, at the end of the day, like the Craigs, they had it all. I lived at Craigs for a long time. Um, they're like a second family to me. I appreciate everything they've done for me, especially AJ. He, he's been a, he's been a true friend. Which is Alec Craig. Yeah, Alec <laughs> Craig. Sorry, no, little fine. P. Call him little P. He would really appreciate that. But yeah, I think. Especially like Shelly, she sometimes made that like chocolate chip cake, which was incredible. I know that's not a pantry, but they would always have chips. They'd always have the fruit snacks. They'd, they'd literally have everything. And I like there's we played a lot of baseball together, so he'd be at my house for a week. Um, I'll be at his house for a week. Would go back and forth for quite some time. And I think they're always just lock and loaded. I know sometimes my house, I run out of fruit snacks. I'm like, oh geez, we gotta wait till mom makes something. That could be hours from now. But no, I'd say I'd say them. I'd say I. Yeah, Craig's hundred percent. What about you? I think uh, it was a similar. It's kind of a similar answer, but Dong Craig, which is Alex oh Grandpa. my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I knew I knew you were gonna be like, oh crap! Why didn't I think about that? Because like Don, let me explain, Webby, to the audience. Uh, you know, you can pitch into Don has this basement where like his pantry's full of candy bars, all the Gatorade you can think of, and just yeah, pitch in, Webby. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes the Craig's look that that. Craig's coming second place, definitely. I, I mean, we had a lot of great memories at Don's house. Don was just like, Don. Don's like a grandpa to everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. If you if you Agreed. need something, you'll just come in. Um, he'll help you out, do whatever you need. But like, I think we would all go to his place on Thursdays after school, Thursday right? Night, Thursday yeah. nights, and we would all stay there. It's a safe place to be. Don's gonna make sure nothing crazy was happening. I think he was even doing that when I graduated, when you were probably graduated. He, yeah, he was yeah, continuing. He yeah, he kept on doing it. More years, and I, I, I think it was awesome. It was a really cool thing, and I mean that just shows you how big Don's heart is. Yeah, because at the end of the day, he didn't have to do that. So major shout out to Don Craig. Yep, shout that. out to and, Mr. And, Craig. And uh, sorry, we're going off topic, but want to also give a shout out to the Craigs as well. They're like a second family to me. I love them so much. So yeah, yeah, and I, I'd say the same thing. They're, they're wonderful people. They're they're gonna stay true to who they are, and they're they're not gonna be fake to you. Like they'll they'll yeah. accept you with open arms. So I I love them to death, and hopefully I can return the favor someday if they ever need anything from me. I I can just help them out. Same which same here. I want to try to uh, not only like you know return to them, but I really want to make them proud. Yeah, that well. I mean that's probably what I was probably trying to say. Sometimes I fumble with my words, especially after a long day of just talking nonstop. But yeah, I Jay and Shelly, second parents to me, and. Alec was um, a little, yeah, I guess he'd be a little brother to me or a brother. Right. And then Emma and Lydia, I mean, it's comical. It's actually kind of funny because I, I teach Lydia now. Funny, a little funny, weird. Uh, kind of yeah. funny how that all works out. A little, I mean, we're, we're fine now. But at first, like, I told her to do something. She looked at me and said, no. I'm like, mm, 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 mm. this is not how this is going to go. I know <laughs> I know we've we spent a lot of time together because I was with Alec all the time. But, nope, we're not doing that. So, no, it's funny. 
They're, that's right. a great family. Just inside jokes, yeah. right? Well, Webby, you know, that wraps up the podcast. You know, like I said, thank you once again. And, man, this was such a fun conversation, man. So thank you for having me. I'm very grateful to be here. Maybe someday, hopefully on podcast 1,200 or, yeah, 1,205, I'll be back talking about something a little bit, hopefully more knowledgeable. Heck, yeah. And just, you know, and share more stories, you know, because yeah. anything can happen from here on oh, to yeah. there. So, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Please, if you like the podcast, please leave me a review and rating. I would greatly appreciate that. And, heck, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, please share it to your friends, your family, your cousins, you know, just whoever. And then uh, you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook. Thank you.